Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's another House of the Dragon TV talk. Okay, so the thing that really just sunk in hugely for me with this episode is that the entire first season is essentially a prequel to what this series is going to be. We've rushed through the timeline. We've rushed through actors. We didn't flashback anything. We're just flashing like like forward every single week. And so much happens that sets up what is going to be this civil war, this Targaryen civil war, the Dance of the Dragons. In this episode in particular, it's really interesting because you know we see the the way the battle lines were kind of being drawn and have been drawn throughout the the season, and everything is just foreshadowing what's to come. But with the Sea Snake's brother, you know, coming in to King's Landing, and he's like, "Hey, my brother's like basically on his deathbed. This throne should be mine. We all know it. You know it. I know it. We all know it." You know, it, you can't not like take his side, at least at first, you know, because he's sitting there and he's like, I see my house, like my family getting removed from this throne, which is rightfully mine, which is rightfully ours. And you are essentially wiping out the Valyrians by kind of keeping up this facade. And I was with him until, you know, the whole marriage proposal thing, because then it's like, OK, well, all right, I, I hear you trying to get this back for your family, from your brother and everything else. I am 100 percent with you. Like I, I, the Valerians need to sit that throne. I, I get you, man. I'm, I'm all there. But then with the marriage situation, it's like, well, OK, well, actually, then that that's technically your brother's grandchildren one way or the other, like by blood and by name at this point. And so that's going to happen. So that that gets you what you want. Right. I think it's more of the I think it's more of the just general insults that he's been experiencing through his brother through everything that's going on. And so, you know, when it's all said and done, uh yeah, I was not expecting him to get beheaded or like two thirds beheaded. I don't know exactly <laughs> the math here, but man, that was brutal. That was absolutely brutal. Again, I was with him up until like, you know, with the marriage proposal thing and it worked out and it's like, okay, well this gets you kind of what you want. And then he just goes way too far. I mean, like we all know, regardless of, you know, even if you can't say the truth to a king, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't say a truth to a king who's committed to a lie, especially when that truth is in itself a treasonous statement. And I mean, he just sealed his own fate there. As I mentioned, so much of this season has been the setup for the series as a whole, the intention, the entire kind of prequel. I was really kind of like thinking through why, House of the Dragon has been able to get away with so many different cast changes and just so, so many different time jumps throughout. I, I have a kind of a question I want y'all to think about. If this show 
was to come out and you'd never read Game of Thrones, you'd never read Song of Ice and Fire, you'd never seen the Game of Thrones series. If this was literally the beginning, if this was the beginning of this entire franchise, would it be successful? I would argue no. I don't think that this show, I think the show is too weird. It's too over the top. You know, you, you got your uncle cousins over here with your, you know, sister, uh, niece, wife, like, like all of it's just, it's too much. It's too crazy. It's too wild. The dragons look cool. I mean, granted the dragons look cool, but like for the most part, you know, the, the cast changes and everything else. I don't know that this would be a successful show without the establishment of game of Thrones being one of the most successful franchises in modern history where, you know, we're going to kind of give it the patience to essentially get a prequel season before the show really even starts. I don't know if that's brilliant or stupid, but it is what it is, and we're still watching it. I mean, overall, I think this was a really, you know, good episode. We, we get finally to see the, 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 the complete deterioration of the king. You know, for somebody who was supposed to die like 30 years ago, he's been hanging on like crazy. And as we see, his face is rotting. He's lost an eye. I mean, he just looks like death. And there's this brief moment there, right, where he just pleads to his family to just have this one moment of peace amongst them. And it's, it's you know, in a way, you can see Rhaenyra, like, wanting to kind of give her father some comfort. But there's also, like, a desire for, you know, she wants peace. Like, I think that there's a general, like, desire for the family to be reunited in that moment. But the problem is, is that we've poured so much of our angst, anxiety, and just the sins of the fathers, so to speak, that now live within these children, that it's a generational terror that's just not going to be repaired. The one that, you know, like, like there's something to be said for like, okay, the, the, the parents were the ones that made the slight that started this. But because now it's multi-generational, even if the parents were to go so far as fully repair it, the children now are so ingrained with a tension that they have lived with their entire lives it, there's no way to stop it. It's just, there's no way. The, the Dance of the Dragons is coming. This is coming to a clash. We see the kids, they all hate each other. <laughs> They're all ready to go at it. And, you know, I look, I've, I've said it before. Rhaenyra is not a likable protagonist. Like, there's just, this, she's made so many bad choices throughout her entire life that have brought us to this place. Like, you know, at the very least, you know, find somebody who looks like your husband, you know, to like carry the line. All right. Like, I'm just saying that like, like this, you get the very least. <laughs> but at the same time with the queen, we see that she's out here being like a little Cersei, you know, a primordial Cersei, right? Like her son is doing terrible things. She is like, I mean, it's not stated, but I mean, like we know that that was not just some sort of like potion to calm her down, right? Like we know that that was poison. We all know that, right? We all know that she just murdered that girl. Okay, so she just murdered that girl to cover up her sus her 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 husbands. See, this is the problem with <laughs> this is the problem with this show. You, you you end up merging different family titles and different things like husband. Weird, weird show. Anyway, she's covering up all of her son's misdeeds and, you know, she's trying to secure her family's position towards the throne. It does look like for a brief moment that, you know, after kind of the peace talk, it seems like maybe, maybe she's willing to just kind of squash it. But then, of course, we get at the very end as uh, the king is dying. He mistakes his wife for his daughter, which, again, Targaryen, of course he would. And as he's sitting there, he's talking about the prophecy. She thinks it's about his son. And because we didn't have a clear conversation, you know, 
the, the series is going to happen. So there it is. Next week, Ding Dong, the King is dead. Everything's about to go and hit the fan or whatever the equivalent of a fan is at the time. Probably a fan, just not an electric one. Anyway, point is that this is all about to get going. The Dance of the Dragons is upon us. And really, that's all going to start with season two. Season two is the season one of this series. And season one is essentially a season zero, uh, is essentially what I'm calling it. Not zero in terms of quality, just in terms of it's here to set up the action. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I don't know if it there, you know, I, I do know some kind of big things that occur in the dance of the dragons at this point. You just can't not because that information is out there. I'm not going to spoil anything from that standpoint on, you know, these recaps, but I will say, I do wonder if there is going to be like a major death that this season is going to conclude on besides just the King. I actually don't know because I don't know where some of those big moments happen in the timeline. I just know that at some point they're going to happen. So we'll see what ends up happening. Want to hear your thoughts. Was this just a prequel season? Was this like a really good season one? And if this was the first season of the franchise that you ever engaged with, would you be likely to continue on? I would really like to know that. Let me know your thoughts. You can find all of our contact information at tvtalk.fm. That's going to do it for me for this week. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. (laughs) 